You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust, committed to conservation. Guess what? We're a face-to-face podcasting, sort of six feet apart, I'd say four and a half feet apart, arm's length. I'd agree. It's good to uh, good to see everybody. See some adults other than me and my wife. It's good to see y'all. And when I say y'all, we got a new guest on the show that we're going to introduce here in a sec. Um, he's a staff member. I wouldn't call you a new staff member anymore. You've been on what since November? Yeah, what's the statute of limitations on that? Well, until we hire somebody else, you're well, the new guy. Technically, <laughs> we want to talk numbers. Technically. Uh, Tiffany came on a week after I did, so she's the newbie. I've known Tiffany longer, though. Well. I don't know that, but you're correct. But yeah. you're the new guy. The she's context, the new gal. Awesome. That's, that's fair. It's I'll different. take that. But yeah, different. I've been probably going on eight months now, right? It doesn't feel like that, because we... It does not feel like that. I do like not that. feel like I've known you eight months. <laughs> yeah. Because we haven't. We're checking out more. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. let's uh, let's get down to it. So it's me and Sam. Of course, it's up as always, and then we've got Brian King, who I like to refer to as B. I like that. So B is sitting here in in the middle seat, and the hot seat. If I had to sum up Brian in a sentence, what would it be? I'm excited about this. If I had to, so I'm looking at him, trying to think here. If I had to sum up Brian in a sentence, I would sum him up as well dressed and bearded. I'll take that. That's the nicest thing As ever said about me. For descript- descriptive. I- what I'm seeing right off the bat <laughs> is uh, Pearl Snaps. Pearl Snaps. Listen, guys. I said well-dressed. Yeah. And not only Pearl Snaps, black Pearl Snaps. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hide money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ebony. <laughs> Ebony Pearls. Yeah. That's a good-looking shirt. I Thanks, man. Thanks. Both of you guys are running nice shirts. Sam's running his, his uh, Goodwill... Goodwill uh, duck stamp shirt. Yeah, 1995 <laughs> duck it's stamp. A, it's got a patch of the 95 duck stamp on it. <laughs> it just, does, a, just a Woolrich shirt with a duck stamp patch on yeah, it. Yeah, I like to hunt. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> what like about the, it? I like, I like the hunt. outdoors. What are you going to say? 1995. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm just running a t-shirt. So, uh, Anyways, in other podcasts, they talk about how disappointing it is that you can't see all the cool gear they're wearing. Well, you're lucky you can't see all the gear we're wearing. But uh, anyways, Brian Brian comes from South Carolina. I'm surrounded by these South Carolina boys. We're getting getting overtook. I guess the South's rising again. Yeah, Um, upstate and low state. So we we got South Carolina boys here, and Brian hails from where at South Carolina? Somerville, essentially. Somerville near uh, near Charleston, like forty five minutes outside of Charleston. Beach bum, South Carolina beach bum. You could say that. We mostly just had the heat and the sand without any of the cool parts of the beach. Fire ants, well, yeah, fire ants, exactly. Um, and Brian, give us a little, give listeners just so I mean they know me and Sam pretty well. Tell them, give them a little background on yourself and uh, how you came to be at the land trust, and then we'll get right into uh, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's a um, that's a cool story um, as far as getting hooked up with the land trust. But uh, starting earlier, I've, I've always been interested in nature, 
the outdoors. Spent you know, my childhood kind of fishing and crabbing and shrimping and all that kind of stuff. Um, never thought much of it. And moved to North Carolina. Like to go hiking, like to do all that stuff. Didn't uh, have a lot of friends that kind of fell into that same uh, niche. And when I went to college at Appalachian State. Whoa, was, better take you a drink of that coffee. Unprofessional. Well, no, it's part of the podcast. You don't, Are you leave that in? It's part of the ambiance that we like here. What you don't know is, is there's a drinking game that goes along with this podcast that was invented by a listener. Every time a weird sound goes off that's not supposed to be in the podcast, you got to take a sip. Oh, man. So that was invented early on. Yeah. But continue. Sorry for the interruption. I was curious if, the, if this was unprofessional to uh, have coffee at the table while we were podcasting. Yeah. But there's a lot more than coffee. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> continue. So, um, where was I? Oh, I, so I went to school at Appalachian State, and I, I got up there, and I was like, man, everybody's like me up here. So, um, but I never really considered kind of how it was that I was able to go on public lands. What's so? Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Let's back it up. How did you settle on App as your college to be from South Carolina? Dude, there's, there's not much of a story there. Honestly, my my mom took me around to a bunch of colleges when I was in high school. Went to Duke and UNC and NC State, Wake Forest, and all this stuff. Um, at NC State, I didn't even get out of the car. Oh, I was like, I'm not going here. She goes, why? I said, it's just there's too much brick everywhere. Well, it's in town. Yeah, I did. I had but no it is idea. our state ag college. Yeah, yeah. Go pack. And, uh, and I, I respect them now. I just at the time I didn't know anything about it other than what the campus looked like. It's like when I got there, I was like, yeah, let's not even go on this tour. It's not wasting time. Well, yeah, time. you do. I get it. Well, after you saw the setting that mm-hmm. apps in, mm-hmm. it's really no comparison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> setting mean, wise, and a lot of those campuses were awesome. But I went up to App, and I, I was for some reason I thought it was so cool they had steam tunnels running under the mm-hmm. roads because the roads never frost over. They can shoot hot steam under there, and they have their own generator. I don't know why I thought. Yeah, we the driveways are a thing in the mountains. Yeah, and so I said, yeah, this is where I'm going to go. And so that was pretty much it. I applied there. My mom said, you got to apply for more than one college. I said, all right, well, what's like App? She said, Virginia Tech. I said, all right, let's apply there, too. I applied there and got the boat. Hmm. I just cheap. figured you'd be like Sam and, you know, pick walk. You know, there's a ton of good colleges in South Carolina, too. Yeah, that's I true. Didn't know. Well, I lived in North Carolina at the time, though. So. I, oh, wasn't, I, wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't super big into touring around either. Yeah. I went to a few. I'm just kind of like, okay, what's what's going to be good that's close by? And just chose the one that I liked. I, yeah. I, was not, I wasn't traveling. Well, you were also an athlete, though. You had like some, yeah. some incentive, didn't you? Yeah. Did you get some offers? Uh, I got some money. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sam's a big star. You don't know about it. Um, <laughs> Understated. I said, uh, the reason I asked that was I didn't have that same. Like I knew where I was going to college before I got out of elementary school. Like I knew this is where I was going to go. I was going to Haywood, and that's that was it. Never yeah. even considered anywhere else. So I like to talk to people that shopped around to see why they <laughs> what I missed out on. If should I have picked somewhere different? Oh, it's blowing up over here, folks. I thought I cut it off, but maybe I did. But anyways, continue with your story. Yeah, um, your backstory of how you came to the land. Yeah, that's um. So that's you know, it, basically fast forward in there. I had a myriad of jobs. I mean, probably far too many for a uh, a man of my vintage at this point in my life. But everything from being a bike mechanic to being like a, a territory manager for a big financial company. 
Um, and then right before this, is about probably about a year and a half, two years ago, I really started looking into conservation, like what it was. Because um, I'd always been, I guess, aware of the existence of pursuits of conservation and things like that, um, and the, the existence of public land, but never really considered the deeper implications of the why and the how. Um, a user, without knowing really how that came to be. Well, general public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. General public that likes to go hiking, you know, or something yeah. like that. So I'd, I'd go, I'd spend a lot of time backpacking and on public lands and, and, you know, national state parks and things like that. And after a while, I started thinking, okay, so now how is it that I can just be on this land? And, uh, and how did this come to be, like this whole system? And so I looked a little bit more into it. The more I looked into it, I got more curious about it. Um, you know, I studied a lot about how uh, the system was kind of founded and created. I'm a big, big fan of Teddy Roosevelt, and so I'm uh, reading a couple of his biographies and things like that. Uh, well, there's a bunch of his. Biographies. Oh, there's so many. I've got like three personally, yeah. and they're all as big as the Bible. Um, but after that, I, I was kind of looking into it, and then honestly was poking around trying to find ways to do some freelance writing for environmental organizations and. One thing led to another. Um, I talked to everybody I could for like nine months to a year about, do you know anybody in this field? Can I talk to somebody? Can I write about something? I was asking people if I could interview them about bee populations and honeybees and things like that, mm -hmm. just to have some content. And a friend of mine, her dad is a, uh, is a weatherman, and she said, well, come talk to my, my, my dad about it. All right, I think she was talking to her mom about it. And then when I was there, her dad got curious and asked me about it. And grilled me for like 20 minutes on, why do you want to do this work? What do, he's a guy from New York, so he's very, very frank, which I appreciated. But he said, why do you want to do this work? Why do you want to be in this field? Okay, cool. Well, you seem like a right young man. I'd like to help you out. Send me your resume. I said, okay. So he shot it out. And apparently he had just had contact with Travis. And oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. And apparently Travis just so happened to be opening this position, and it just so happened to kind of randomly fit with what I was doing prior, um, prior to, you know, that company that I was working for full-time, that, that's a whole other story, but that thing, you know, basically closed down and laid off 2,000 people at one time, so from there I went and did some video work, but they said, we like that you did that job, we like that you do video work, and we're opening up this position that's experimental, and we want, you know, mm -hmm. to interview you, and it's, it's just, basically, uh, basically an upgrade for me. <laughs> Brian's Brian's essentially in my in somewhat of my role prior to me starting to work with Cody. Yeah, in some in some ways when we were smaller staffed and pre merger, yeah. everybody wore a bunch of hats. Well, you, mm -hmm. yeah, you were doing so many things. It sounds like before we kind of yeah, that it's kind of been split up a little bit. So like Steely next door was running this is running the sports and program now, which I was doing, and then I was working on setting up county chapters which we'll talk about in a little bit yeah. um which i was doing along with you know mikey and everybody else it was just and sam was <laughs> also the videographer <laughs> <laughs> remember when we were out there doing the tree planting and uh those those college students asked you the the million dollar question that i i rolled about asked me if i was in film or so I like, went to film school yeah how long did you how long did it take you to get through film school i was like filming with like an iphone <laughs> and sam sam looked at him with a straight face and said a long time, <laughs> right, back, right back to film. Man never picked up a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so yeah, in a lot of ways, Brian's an upgrade in that he actually knows what he's doing with technology, and um, I don't know. It's it's. I think that's one thing that was really good for our organization is that we've. I was had, wearing a lot of hats, as was everybody, and now we've got staff to fill every. Everybody's got one hat, mm. basically, for the most part. Everybody, we still do a lot of different things, but we're kind of putting a head to a hat at this point, yeah. and uh, Brian's filling that niche. So your official title is Western Outreach Director. Western Regional Director. There you go. Western yeah. Regional Director. And you got to say it with yeah. a little bit more gravitas than that, because it's a sign of precedent, doesn't it? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a big title. <laughs> a director of anything is a pretty big title. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so um, it's, it's you and, and Ellie, um, who we will eventually maybe have on here if she's willing to come be a part of the show. And, dude, that'd be a trip, though. I bet an episode of her would be a lot of fun. And introduce her, but it's all about you today. Yeah. So, yeah, that's your background, how you came to be here. I learned something about it. Pretty much, so, man. No, I, I'm all kinds of fired up to be here. Um, it really was a lot of pieces kind of fell into place at the right time for me personally. And this is like, this is the best... This is the best job I've ever had. I love working with y'all. I love this organization. This is, uh, I think it's, we're doing some really good stuff. I'm fired up to be here. Who wouldn't love it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. I had two questions. First question, what was your major at App? So I majored in communications and political science. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because the mic that we're talking on today, mm. provided by... None other than Brian King. So if you're noticing on your radio, you're like, God, they really stepped up the quality of this show, minus the background noise of phones ringing, which is my fault. It's because Brian brought in some new equipment. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a significant upgrade. What we what we using here? It's a Blue Yeti mic. Uh, Blue Yeti. If you want to sponsor us, that's cool. Yeah. Send us some more of these. But. Yeah, it's that's just a standard Blue Yeti mic. Um, our our mic that we use, and I guess we'll have to go back to using this when Brian's not on the show. It looks like a child's toy compared to this. Yeah, it basically is. It's like we're doing karaoke at your house. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, I was on a budget, and I already went over budget when I bought that. So if that tells you anything. <laughs> Um, Don't but, borrow this. I'm not but I think that was when folks had no didn't believe in us. Um, it was when they thought it was just a stupid idea. And Easy. now we're at the point where just today, while you were out in the field today, Sam, we are officially tasked with rearranging this room, getting an audio interface and mics, multiple mics, and all our podcasts are going to be filmed live. Like I hate that. Dude. It's official. <laughs> Look, man, I know that's coming up, from take, higher take up. It up with, take it up with someone. I, I, would, I would never do that, but yeah, you know, you know I, apparently that's what the people want. People demand it. So, let me tell you what you'd be seeing right now if this was being filmed: a disheveled coronavirus office that hadn't been cleaned up since we like just come back a few days ago and a bunch of euro mounts and jake beards and that's pretty much it and real beards yeah real three three some facial hair in this room uh, yeah i mean it's it's my office it's our office i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but that's it's coming down the pipe mm. so ryan's in charge of uh getting some tech He's the tech shop. He's going to shop for tech because 
he knows more about it than Sam and I will probably ever know. That is um, scary because <laughs> I've been put in a position here that uh, that's the same thing with the, the golf tournament, man. People are looking at me as the expert for, for golf. Well, you're the only one who knows how to play golf. <laughs> yeah, well, speak for yourself. To some degree. Yeah, Sam, Sam, Sam plays golf. I haven't played in five years. It's a great segue into... Let's, yeah, let's talk about some of the stuff that's coming down the pipe. Exactly. On, so, one thing that we have talked about before, as we've had, like, Mikey, Cody's wife, come in. Um, Steely's been in. But the organization can kind of be split in half, organization can be split in two parts. It's the conservation team, which is myself, Crystal, Cody, and then the membership and outreach team, which Brian is now a part of. Um, so that would be Steely, uh, Mikey, and Brian, and Ellie. And then Val is a part-time employee with us, and she's on the conservation team. Um, and then we've got Tiffany, who is wears, she's kind of wearing both hats. She's doing a little bit of something for everybody. And then Travis is big man at the top. So the membership and outreach team, as we've talked about before, is in charge of money raising, is in charge of donor retention and membership retention, and it's in charge of getting our name recognition out there. So when Brian was talking about filming and stuff like that, that's a way that we can publicize what we're doing here and and uh, get the word out on that. So this episode is going to kind of be more about membership and outreach stuff that Brian's doing, why he's doing it, and. Uh, I guess how coronavirus is playing into that and how it's kind of affected their job and made it tougher on them. Yeah. Is, that, is that a good intro? Yeah, no, yeah you the, nailed it. That's the synopsis. So we've tried to not talk about coronavirus as much as possible because it's just it's inundating the media. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And I guess as much as I hate to say it, this is a form of media. And it's just not something we're interested in talking about on here. But we're interested in talking about things that we like to talk about. And coronavirus isn't one of them. So that everybody knows what's going on with coronavirus and the you know the mandates from state to state are a little different but in North Carolina it's you know still no gatherings that are larger than X and this and that and to try to comply with that but still be a viable fundraising organization we've had to really think outside the box and when I say we I mean the membership and outreach team not me but they came up with this idea that Brian's going to pitch that's a about to be a reality, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it's on. Yeah, it's on. So so talk about it. Tell people what it is, and then we'll uh, we'll poke holes in it where we need to. Yeah, I'll do. I, I, please. I'll, I'll poke one hole in it right now. I don't think that golf has a place in this room. <laughs> this room. But that's just one guy talking that's never played golf. I so, might would love it. I don't know. Sam, you're a bottle. I don't know. I'll let you talk first. All right, that sounds good. Formulate your, your thoughts. Um, so I'm kind of in the middle there, actually. I've I, I played golf maybe a dozen times in my life, but I think I think that the, so what we got going on to start with is an opportunity to kind of have an event that um, in a time where most of our events, if not all of them, have been, been canceled, uh, in a time of year that there's a lot of events that are pretty big events for us. Scheduled, um, yeah. Yeah, scheduled events that are, you know, yearly things, river dance, conservation classic, things like these. All all this stuff has had to be either postponed or outright canceled. And as an organization that relies really heavily on events and the regularity of events, 
um, to keep people engaged and for fundraising for operational purposes and for projects. Uh, that, that's obviously taken a big hit on us. Um, and nonprofits, obviously, across the, the country have been impacted, but um, people that are more event inclined in particular, such as, as we are. Uh, so, this is kind of a thing that we've crafted, and Ellie was really the one that spearheaded it and, and had the, the notion. And I thought it was a really cool idea because it's not typically a demographic or would you want to say like a subset of people that we we, we don't engage the yeah. golf community really and and I'll, now I'm going to dispel those reasons right now and then you know that way you have a good way to go on to the rest of this sure. we don't engage the golf community so much because it's kind of it's not necessarily development and subdivision but it's not conservation as far as the places where golf takes place mm. it's uh, it's a, I guess a form of conservation because there's not buildings all over it but it does increase runoff and you know they plant some species that aren't necessarily wildlife friendly on golf courses I mean Bermuda grass is not going to be your go-to for wildlife but wildlife do thrive on golf courses we all know this I mean if you've ever been frog gigging golf course is a good place to go um, so there Especially are, animals that thrive on that, like human wildlife interface, mm -hmm. like white-tailed deer. You're like, oh, well, it's not good for wildlife. Then why do I see a hundred deer when I go to yeah. the golf course? There's some species that really thrive on that, and there's others that you're eliminating. I mean, it's a vast landscape, um, and you're eliminating the species. Yeah, that, and a golf course takes up a big space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that being said, there's plus things to golf courses, and. A lot of a lot of them involve things that we do interact with, and so it's kind of a shame that we haven't come up with this sooner. I'm, I'm a little, you know, mad at ourselves for not coming up with a way to engage these guys sooner. And also, we're in North Carolina. I mean, this is golf country, especially the, the Sand Hills part of our area. You know, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. That's the you know, it's the golf capital of the world. Yeah. So now, get into the idea and what, what's cool about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's exactly right. Pinehurst and, and Pinehurst is involved with us. They've um, very generously donated quite a few tea times to our events, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I, actually, I don't even necessarily know how this how this is going to work. Do you, Cody? Oh, they don't even know how golf works, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. I've played the whole reason part. we're doing this. You mentioned something a second ago. Yeah. Which I thought was good. We are one model that has come from. Travis down is that we were trying to be more event based and we want to be an organization of doers essentially where we're you know no matter what it is that you like to do you're going to have a place to do the thing that you like to do in the outdoors with Three Rivers Land Trust make us relevant to people who like to do stuff and that's a way that we can get our name out there. 100%. So what has really sucked about everything that's going on right now is we can't get Get the, the limiting factor is we can't gather people. So how are we going to do golf and a tournament if we can't gather people? Yeah, well, let me fill you in. Um, the idea, the concept is going to be a virtual golf tournament. and Like on the Xbox? A lot of, yeah, that's exactly like I was thinking, the first what's, thing. What's that, that, people what's that title? Going to when the Wii, <laughs> the Wii game console came out? <laughs> I'm just gonna have. I used to rip some golf. <laughs> you go to the local bar and highest score, to, highest score on the golden tee at your local rip, bar. Used to rip some golf. <laughs> That's like, as much golf as I play. That's horrible. <laughs> so I look at it, but we are going to have 
20 golden tee games <laughs> six feet apart from each other in the parking lot. No, what's, what's really happening? Right. What's, what's happening? Yeah, no, so we're going to have, we've got a, an organization called golfstatus.org. They're going to have a virtual leaderboard, and for a week from the 20th to the 27th, we're going to have um, six different courses across the Piedmont and Sand Hills involved, and they're going to offer up tee times that it's going to be captain's choice, it's going to be teams of four, um, explain to explain to yeah. us what captain's choice is again. I've played golf and I've like I've done this, but I I forget all this stuff. Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? And so captain's choice is basically best ball. So you, you all four people hit a ball from the tee, um, and then the best ball they all hit from that, and then the next best ball. Every, then they okay, I'm, I'm getting it. So all four people hit from the tee box, yeah. and then you choose the one that you of those four. Everybody takes their picks their balls up except for that one exactly. that was best and puts their ball beside it and then hits from there. Yeah. So, so it's going to be super low scores. Yeah. Well, okay. for example, like if me, you, and Cody went to play, uh-huh. and like we, you hit really good shots off the tee. Probably. You know, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> hey, man. Then me and Cody be playing from your ball most of the time, but occasionally, you know, you might three putt and maybe Cody sinks one. Okay, yeah. Right? Okay, so that makes sense. So, ah. yeah, so that gives people an opportunity that are not golfers or that are not good at golf. You're selling me on it. Yeah, man. You want to squat up? I'm probably going to play. Okay. <laughs> this will be my first attempt. I've just got to find somebody that's willing to put me on their team. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, we're going to – we're basically opening it up for people that either are, are members, are traditional members that aren't golfers, but want to still support us and, and participate in the event, um, and also folks that not, aren't necessarily good golfers, but still want to get out and play some nice courses so and since, get outside. So since we have a 15-county territory, there's going to be courses across... Like there's you can only you can't like go to like the putt putt and be like oh I got a six uh, you know a fifty five <laughs> so you have to like play certain courses exactly okay exactly and it's going to account for slope and rating which I know is basically a measure of difficulty do you know more about it than no I okay uh-uh. so each course is basically has a slope and rating and, and that just is like I said a measure of difficulty between courses so it's going to be kind of did, did you say slope and, and rating yeah okay yeah I think that's correct uh huh that sounds right yeah, yeah it sounds good. Yeah, it's got to stay with confidence, but um, that's going to kind of equal out handicaps based upon course difficulty, from what I understand. Yeah. And so they can calculate all of that on the back end. Um, and so that, like I said, that it kind of evens the playing field a little bit for folks. Okay. Um, basically, we want to give people an opportunity to get outside and to interact with each other, um, you know, at a, at a safe distance and, and get out in the sun and things like that um, and give them a way to engage with us and us to engage with them. And so how do I? Okay, yep. I get. I'm I'm up speed up to right here. Okay. So if I talk three of my best buddies into let me be on their team, what's next? What do I do? So you go to our page that is not currently up for registration, but it will be by the end of the week. So we're still locking in tee times with a lot of our courses. Uh-huh. I, we're going to have three courses from the eastern part of our territory and three courses for the western part. Um, like I said, we've got Pinehurst locked in. Redbridge is locked in, but they have to send us sometimes. Um, and other than that, we've got some potentials in a lot of different directions. Okay, We're basically good. seeing um, who who signs up and who gives us the tee times. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, So it's these good. golf courses are donating yes. this to us? Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. So when I sign up, you're going to assign me a tee time? No, so we, there are going to be options uh, for, uh, for tee times throughout the week. 
Okay. Just course and I just pick one of those. Yeah. Yep. And then how do I, how do I, so we play the whole 18 holes. Mm -hmm. How do I put my scorecard in to see where I rank up, stack up on the leaderboard yeah. with my team? It's going to be a virtual scorecard through the golfstatus.org. They maintain it. They plug in all the all the sponsorships, all the all the holes based on the courses and all that uh, information. And then you keep your scorecard up. You tell them what course you're playing on, what your squad is, and, and it, it'll be all kind of spelled out in the app itself. And it's all online. It's all online. Yep. So all except for the golf itself. Exactly. Except yep. for actually playing. All these teams are going to be playing at different places at different times, but they're all going to be competing on the same scoreboard, basically. Uh, and we got prizes for the top two teams, and we also have things that are called flights. So there are going to be two additional flights that you can win, which means you don't have to be the best team, but you have to maybe be the best of the second-tier teams or the third-tier teams. So, Okay. Yeah. I got that. I'm following. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's got a chance to win their flight. So we just want to give people an opportunity to kind of... I feel like on this show we talk a lot about hunting. Yeah, um, I don't know anything about this. Like, and, this but awesome. I will say this. There's a lot of hunters that I know that love golf. Most everybody, I I will say basically all my friends play golf. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th though, I, though we don't know that much about it, I mean, I, I used to play a pretty decent amount. Um, I, I like the idea. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's great. I, I think it's a, a great way to engage folks in our conservation goals. And Yeah, what happens with all this money? Let's go ahead and pitch that real quick. Yeah, so um, this is essentially what we're, we're really hoping to do here is make this our river dance this year. Now, it's not as grandiose as river dance, um, but with, with kind of the donation dollars we're losing from river dance, which is obviously our biggest event of the year, uh, we're looking to kind of re-engage some of those sponsors and saying, "Hey, you know, have you ever been to Riverdale?" I've not. I was. I'm oh, so bummed. Yeah, out for that people who year. may be new to the show, is it, we're not talking about like we're know, not talking about the, the, the clogging the clogging yeah. group. This is like <laughs> this is not something that. that we inherited as the Land Trust, which is a event in Salisbury that we do where over 300 people go. It's, it's like the, it's not black tie. It's it's uh, pretty casual. It's, Beach casual. Well, let me ask y'all, because when I try to describe it, I always describe it as a gala, and I hate that nope, word. No, that's not the so word. What's, no. a, what's a word I can use? I would describe it as a beach casual, but if you're anybody, you're there. It, the who's who of any of the who's who of the Piedmont's there. The who's I agree with that. But it's a, it's but it's casual. Down. Yeah, just chill. Like it's like <laughs> it's a throwdown. It's like if you went to your cousin's wedding. And your cousin is really well to do, but they like to keep it keep it low key. And they invited everyone they knew. It's like that. Okay. It's, it's good. Like that. We had a tractor parked in the in the venue last time with beers in the, in the front bucket. end loader. In the front end loader. So and, uh, a, and an ingenious siphon system to drain <laughs> off the, the melt. Yeah. I'm so bummed out that I'm missing that this year. But String lights wrapped around the cab. You get your picture in the beer tractor. The beer tractor. Oh, we had all kinds of. We auctioned off everything from woodcock and turkey hunts to high-end firearms. I mean, yeah. it's you name it, it's there. All right, y'all making me sad. But the golf tournament's gonna be cool. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> What's up? What, what are people winning? That's that's what I want to know. Yeah. So uh, the prizes are 
for the first and second teams are going to be uh, four tickets, so four-man teams, so four tickets uh, to an event of your choosing, a future event of your choosing with the Land Trust. Oh, that's actually a pretty pricey. So they could get four tickets to the next year's Riverdance. It's so like Conservation Classic. Now, I don't know about that. I think it's within the end of the year. Oh. But I want to – don't quote me on that. I'll re-up on that. Cause okay. I'm, oh, I think that's inaccurate. I, I, I would I would venture to say that if you want to make it a good prize okay. through the end of next year when things are back to normal. I don't know what I would choose, though. Conservation Classic. I would pick, I'd pick. definitely pick Conservation Classic if it was me. If you're new, again, that's our Sporting Clays Tournament, yeah. um, which is also – here's here's something that kind of sucks, again, about the, cir- the situation and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. A lot of these events, besides Riverdance, Riverdance excluded, are events that we – this current staff started, like the Sporting Clays Tournament, um, like paddle races that we do. It's all stuff that we're trying to build. And when you, like, pause that for a year, you ha- you have all this momentum that stops, essentially. And I- I'm sure it'll pick back up next year, but these are something that, like, I remember our first conservation classic, and we had, like, 50 people there. Yeah, we were and then, comping tickets. Yeah, and then, like, year three, you know, it's just... You couldn't, yeah. You couldn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure for y'all and for us. I mean, it's, it's frustrating all, for everybody. All this money that we raise through these events goes to fund the conservation work that we do, keep the lights on here, and keep us doing what. Try to put fuel in the tractor. Exactly. I mean, yeah, essentially. So, I mean, as a nonprofit, this is what, and an event-based organization, as you know, per the directive that we've taken, which we like. Um, this is our bread and butter here. It's what we, you know, what we need. to do what we got to do. Yeah. So four tickets for the top two teams to an event of their choosing. T- TBD on. You kind of locked it on, in on air, didn't you? So we got to say. Well, I think I made the executive year. decision that we should at least <laughs> run it out here. Yeah. Give people good options. I well, mean, give them a good, a good menu to pick from. Okay. Okay. Well, I heard it here first. Yeah, here it is. Um, and then the winners of the flights, we're going to be given golf polos with our logo on on it too oh, that's and nice. also I'm pushing to get everybody um, to get them uh, engraved whiskey glasses highball glasses with a logo on it because we got some of those for uh, Jazz of the Rails Jazz of the Rails and those are awesome and I'm also locking one in for myself do um, the polos have like golf champion 2020 like, golf okay. champion yeah like, gold, champion. like the gold jacket winner that's green jacket. Gold jacket, green, green jacket. Green jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gold, no, gold jacket's fine. Yeah. Gold jacket, green Ours jacket. Gold. You know, I was quoting, what is that? That's Happy Gilmore. That's what that is. Is the gold jacket Happy Yeah, he's like, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives it? <laughs> I heard that somewhere. And if we ever have like a singles tournament, we could have like a camo jacket. So mm. a green jacket. I know, I learned everything I know about golf from watching Happy Gilmore. There you go. Well, you're basically a pro. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're tuned in. Yeah, Tiger Woods, better watch out. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's awful. I'm not good at this episode because I don't know anything about golf. <laughs> I don't know. I'm anything, enjoying it. I don't know. <laughs> you guys, I'm like, enjoying. You guys I'm like enjoying watching the, you flounder. Being, you like uh, me being the guy that don't know anything. Yeah, uh, I know y'all do. Oh, I'm enjoying this a whole lot. This is never gonna happen again. <laughs> um, Talking about soccer. We're, we're gonna continue with things I don't know about. Videography. There we go. Um, we've got to talk about one of Brian's, I would say lately it's been one of your top jobs minus organizing yeah. this golf tournament. Yeah. If you watch a video that's on our YouTube channel or Facebook page, 
that doesn't look like it was filmed with my cell phone, Brian did it. Brian, Brian's putting the videos out. Yeah. Um, I remember when, when I was um, doing my former job, I would make videos using like this just crap software and would like show it to Travis and Mikey and everything and they'd be like, oh man, like they'd be stoked. Yeah. about like I the videos and like you know go around and showing everybody like oh look at this video and now like Brian's come along and my videos <laughs> it's like I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it <laughs> or mean, almost like embarrassing uh, no man they're charming I've, I've seen charming. a it. yeah I didn't mean to show you up. basically this <laughs> yeah, charming no but what program were you using by the way not allowed it was something free I'm sure <laughs> it was right. it was totally free it was um uh, who knows yeah. Who cares? Doesn't that, matter. That's that's how I felt though, you know, like in high school and stuff. When I, I used to cut stuff off off VHS, and I finally upgraded, actually having programs when they became readily available on people's like iMacs and things. People would be like, "Oh man, there's a video, and it's got music in the background. That's incredible." So it's not um, it's not entirely difficult to to impress folks a lot of times when they come out the gate like that. But. I got a video editing story for you. <laughs> um, my first experience with video editing was me and my friend Hampton Ike when we were very young our favorite movie was Top Gun and I had it on and I had it on VHS um, and one day my mom we I mean talking about watching it every day when we get home uh-huh. from school yeah. and my mom comes around the corner and we're chasing each other pretending to be fighter jets around the house Goose and Maverick Goose and Maverick and uh, I think it was either me or Hampton said I just ripped my pants right here on there. <laughs> you sure did. And Man, uh, if we'd had this old film, yeah, you got to see Sam just <laughs> rip his jeans. Anyways, um, we're running around the house, and Hampton goes, "It was I, one of us goes, you got a boogie on your tail, God." And then expletive <laughs> at, at like four years old, uh, and my mom was <laughs> you like, got a boogie <laughs> on your tail. <laughs> and my mom was like, "Oh, whoa." We're gonna, Top gun we're, gonna, we're gonna put a nip Pump the brakes nip on that. that. Yeah, nip that in the bud. So took my VHS tape over to a lady who did some video editing and she pulled the whole film out and looked at it, watched it, pulled the film out, cut with scissors the piece of the tape out, and then put it back together. And then I had the edited version of Top Gun before the family friendly before word. you could even get an edited version of Top Gun. That is a pretty tight ending. So I've got a long background with video editing. I know all about it. <laughs> That's the next level stuff, it, So my extent of video editing was, so hunting television was not a thing yet, but you could go to Walmart or somewhere and buy VHS tapes of deer hunting. Which I thought was oh great. every hunt camp had them oh with yeah that, you oh know, yeah with like that twenty inch TV monster bucks yeah man. real trees monster bucks <laughs> yeah. Bill Jordan pioneered it yeah I had I had a stack of them and turkey hunting I had a stack of HS turkey hunter ones but me and my brother thought that was pretty cool and so for Christmas one year I got a video camera that held the VHSC tapes which were the VHS uh-huh. cassette tapes they're yeah. smaller but they're still huge compared to stuff we got now yeah. And so we would go out, and, and, the, and then you had a VHS that had an adapter that you yeah, stick oh yeah, that. you had yeah. a VHS, and what you could do is you you had to have two VCRs, you had to have one to put your regular blank VHS tape in, yeah. and then one to put that in. And you wire, you had to dub one to the other. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we would go and film hunts 
and then dove over and have a whole like clips of all this like horrible footage of you know shaky shaky hands and <laughs> breathing hard and whispering a lot of whispering yeah. in there and a lot of <laughs> I mean a lot of deer hitting the deck on film and then we got into we got into bow hunting so I was I guess I was 13 or 14 my brother was he's five years younger than me so whatever and he would be, he was my cameraman uh-huh. and we would film bow hunts and then we thought well it'd be real cool if we were shooting stuff besides deer so we started dove hunting and stuff with bows and shooting doves Dude, off that's of, a market that has not we, been tapped we were shooting doves off of power lines oh yeah wow and with about bow that and oh with a bow with a bow oh yeah with, a, with archery equipment and when you missed your arrow went gone oh yeah I'm sure there's a few neighbors that have arrows in their roofs from, from me and my brother but that was our our film exploits and then one day I was at home not that long ago thought man I'd sure like to watch some of those old tapes and I had some fishing stuff on there too mom and dad had a VCR plug, got it all hooked up plugged in it ate the tape gone and that was no. the only copy I had I had all our stuff it was like three and a half hours long of no telling how many trips to the woods gone Never to be recovered again. That's gut wrenching, man. No, it made me sick. Yeah. So that's my video experience. <laughs> you ever, you ever uh, sniped a dove out of mid-flight with a bow? Oh, we tried. Yeah. Never hit one. Do you remember that guy? Speaking of hunting television shows, um, <laughs> named Tread Barda. Remember oh, yeah. that? Everybody knows. Tred Not a big fan. And I don't remember an episode where he was trying to shoot doves or quail or something with a bow and it's the most it was the most awful 30 minutes of television I ever watched <laughs> there you go Trent they you heard go. it here first <laughs> well, alright so let's go on to actually somebody who knows what they're talking about and talk about their video editing and, yeah. editing and what we're doing now no, I guess that was fun it actually reminded me when I was a kid I used to cut video by having one 13 inch TD VCR combo and hooking it up to another one mm-hmm. that's exactly so that's what we did stop. Yep. Yep. That's exactly, exactly what we did a lot of winding and rewinding too and they got grainy between cuts mm-hmm. because you did it so many times I remember for this is attacking on to my thing for high school like it was a high school English class one of the projects was a, like a video assignment where you had to get into groups and, and bring a video to show it in class so I dubbed up a bunch of our I took that tape the one that got eaten and had a bunch of our hunting stuff on there, and that was what I brought into class. And the teacher was not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. No. <laughs> not a fan at all. Shot. It was graphic. It wasn't that graphic. I mean, it was a lot of deer getting shot, but yeah. it was like life for me. But yeah. the teacher did not care for it. I got, a, I got a B on that. I got a B? And wherever she's at, I didn't appreciate it. Oh, man. I... I I'll, I'll move on a second. Talk on our video yeah, series after, after you get after you get this off your chest. Yeah, no, I just was that. I look back at some stuff I had in high school too, and like, man, this would not, this would not fly today. At the time, I thought it was good. Looking back, it's like, man, there's some uh, off color stuff in here. Well, I thought I was going to be the next Bill Jordan, Bill <laughs> Tree Outdoors. It was going to be it was going to be Monster Bucks Twenty, and it was going to be me on the cover of that VHS tape. You even made some out in Montana. Oh yeah, I switched over when when the technology came out where you could have a little mini camcorder with a SD card. We switched over and started filming with it and filmed duck hunts and 
El Cunts and all kinds of stuff. Man. You got DVDs of those? Yeah, I got a stack of DVDs. I'd love to see those. They're, they're raw, uncut, no music, no nothing. We should cut them up and make something out of them. That'd be cool. There's, there is some very cool footage on there, and there's some pretty lame footage on there also. <laughs> the funny thing is, is nobody... So, when you're doing a hunting show... Somebody's got to be willing to run the camp. Oh yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to hunt. Everybody wants to shoot. I mean, that's what you, that you're there for. Yeah. Somebody's got to take the plunge and just not shoot. Mm-hmm. Nobody's willing to do that. Yeah. Especially out of my circle of friends. Like nobody's willing to be the camera guy. So I would always wait until I got on a duck hunt. The reason the camera's rolling is because I'd already shot my limit. Yeah. And that's what I would film. Or somebody else had shot their limit and they would film. And that's how all of our footage got taken on a duck hunt. Like. We didn't film hunt start to end ever, which we should have, because it would have been a lot better. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, I would never be. I'm never going to be the guy that'll be like. I'm never going to be the guy behind I'll, the camera. I'll film today. Yeah, my brother. When we were kids, he would, but now I don't know that he would. But yeah, yeah that was the deal with the Montana stuff. Is nobody's willing to be the cameraman. Yeah. Well, bring it in, man. I'll cut it up and give uh, give Jim Shock your run for his money. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not good. It's it's entertaining because you know me to watch yeah. it. But yeah. If you didn't know me, you'd be like, "Who?" That'd, be, that'd be a passion project. <laughs> that'd be a passion project for me. No, but um, and you're 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 speaking to kind of a, a vibe that I get. I love making the videos. Um, being behind the camera sometimes is a little difficult for a couple of reasons. One is is because uh, I like to kind of engage with what's going on, but also um, there's two types of videographers that are really good. There's a kind of guy that is basically a video ninja. You'll never know he's there. He gets the shots he wants, does not interfere at all. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy that does not care at all. And he will get in your face because he wants to get the shot. It doesn't matter if it bothers you as long as he gets that shot because he knows uh, how it's going to look on the back end. I am really neither. And so I'm very self-conscious about like sticking a camera in somebody's face. Um, but I think that videography work in this field is so important because y'all do so many good things out in the field that people just never see. Um, I totally agree with that. Kind of silently kind of going about the yeoman's work of, of conservation and it's hard to get that highlighted and that's one thing that kind of encourages me greatly when I'm out in the field with y'all, filming what you're doing um, and then making stuff that people can kind of see and appreciate is a lot of people don't have, like I was talking about earlier, don't have the information, the knowledge base of, of what y'all do um, or even what's occurring behind the scenes in order to... Or what a land trust is. Or what a land trust is. That's a huge one. That's, I get that question all the time. What is a land trust? The issue with that is I have a really hard time coming up with a concise answer for what this organization does because there are so many different facets to what's going on behind the scenes yeah it, it is hard to explain if you're starting from scratch right it is hard to tell people what your job is yeah i mean think about it. you guys got so you guys you know your easements land management got sportsman access program got leopold society um, all kinds of stuff and there's a lot of different facets within each of those subcategories and i think that at the very least creating a minute and a half, two minute video highlighting that and showing people, people say, hey, so what does the land trust do? Well, here's a video catalog. Um, here's a little bit of what we do. Go check it out. Picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah, yeah if, a picture's, if a picture's worth a thousand words, how much, what's a video worth? You yeah. know? 
More than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you can't take everybody out into the field and show them. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Put them in the middle of a controlled burn. Yeah, no. But you can definitely make a video for it, and that's something I've gotten a real kick out of, man. Um, it's something that I enjoy doing. I've always been halfway decent at it. I don't know everything about videography. I don't know all the ins and outs, the technical. I mean, there's people that I talk to that do it either full-time or a lot more full-time than I do it. They went to film school. They went to film school like <laughs> Sam did. <laughs> and uh, they just, I mean, technical knowledge, they blow me out of the water. But I, I know enough to be dangerous. That's kind of like a, a constant refrain. Well, our videos have definitely, uh, they're definitely a step up from what they have been in the past. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think you're doing a good job at getting Thanks, man. content out and keeping people interested in what's going on and getting to see that, yeah, the things we do are neat and cool and important. And Is the new, uh, is the new Sportsman Access Program video out? Yeah, it's on, it's actually on, I think it's on every, well, YouTube and Facebook and stuff. That's a cool video, man. That, if you like hunting, go check that one out. Um, I thought that one, even for me who working here and stuff, I thought that one was pretty cool. Is it the one with Cody Dickens? Cody Dickens, yeah. yeah. Let me let me tell you the story behind that. So you may think you may see him standing there with that turkey in that video and think, oh, this is, they planned this up. This is staged, and <laughs> they planned to come do this film shoot. No way, yeah. no way. He was a regular sportsman member, part of the program. Got there late one day, and he's like, man, I'm going to head down here and see if I can call me in a turkey. Cool. Well, Ryan was there to film something completely different. That's true. Non-related. I was there to plant. I was working on the tractor. And I was there to meet with Energy United. And Sam was there to meet with the power company. <laughs> so, anyways, Cody takes off to go enjoy his draw, his, his Sportsman Access draw, and five minutes later kills a turkey. Like... Walks away from the parking area, walks into some turkeys, kills his bird, tagged out. Walks back out. Brian, being an opportunistic film man, <laughs> says, hey, let's get a little footage, yep. if you don't mind. And that's how that video came to be. And, yeah, it's awesome. And me knowing the story behind it, it makes it even more cool. Yeah, but, I, th I mean, like, there's something about, uh, it's probably the videography and then the characters in that video but like I watched it and there's a lot of times I'll see a hunting video or an advertisement which this is essentially it's um, a commercial it's a commercial yeah. and you think like that's BS or that's fake or whatever I watched that one and I was like this is you can tell it's real that guy Cody did a great job just being a normal guy who obviously you can tell didn't he didn't have any lines given to didn't him didn't have Don't. any lines given to him likes to hunt you can tell he's all about it and just happened to just say what was on his mind, and you captured it and cut it up in a way that I thought was really cool. Where I watched and I was like, "This is this isn't some you know super high dollar production where they're saying the right exact thing. It's kind of what you or me would say after a hunt. You know, it's just mm -hmm. yeah, pretty raw. The truth, just the truth. Yeah, I think that's critical too, man. I I, I didn't feed him any line. I actually asked me so what should I say? I said, "Say whatever you want. Just talk about your experience out here, the program." What you enjoyed about being out in nature, you know, whatever you, whatever you, whatever's on your heart, man. And he just talked, and I, I cut it up. I mean, I didn't cut it up much. It's basically he's pretty concise, and, and I listened to him and a couple other sportsmen out there talk for about another 20 minutes about hunting and you know their experience from the weekend and all that stuff. And it's just cool. I mean, that's I, 
highly value genuineness and authenticity, and uh, I like to kind of incorporate that into into making videos and talking to people. What other what other um, videos have you made that you're that you're proud of? I'll tell you what, that's a good question, but. The first one I think we made, which was kind of interesting, and you were along for the ride for a lot of that, was that Giving Tuesday last year, because mm -hmm. I was, I think, literally the first week I was here. Because this one, the one with Cody that we were just talking about, yeah. that's the first kind of hunting one mm -hmm. that we've done. Yeah. So, like we were talking about with Membership and Outreach, it's all about reaching everybody. Yeah. Um, Brian is a backpacker and a hiker and stuff, which is important, too. I mean, we catered to all these groups, so... Go ahead and, yeah, what was, that one kind of touched on everything, which I thought was great. Yeah, the Giving Tuesday one was cool. It was a little bit, um, not the word, I don't know if it, intimidating is the word I want to use, but I literally got in the office and we jumped into a truck and they said, all right, go in interview these people about what we do. Yeah. And I said, listen, yeah, I'll set up some shots, but y'all tell me what we're doing because, uh -huh. you know, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun because I got to see stuff, I mean, right off the bat. I got to see a lot of facets of what the organization does, a lot of the people that they've impacted. Um, got to drive around with you and Steely, talk to y'all, get to know y'all. It was really cool. Uh, and we had, I had, some, I had borrowed some pretty good equipment at that time, and we got some good footage. And it was basically a dedicated highlight of a lot of the different uh, impacts the Land Trust has highlighted in four segments, essentially. Mm -hmm. it was landowners and public access, farmers, um, Historic homes, historic home, yeah, yeah. Um, habitat preservation, things like that. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was up, I was probably in the office until like 9.30 one night working on that to wrap it up. And my mom called me and, I, and she said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm working on this video. And she asked me to describe it a little bit. And I told her a little bit about what it was about. And I said, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this one. Like, I'm, I'm proud of this video. Yeah. And so that was one that I, off the jump, thought, this one's cool. I like this and I thought that uh, everyone came across real well and uh, I liked it I, I was that was a fun one to work on I don't even remember what it was about I'm so, I, I can't remember what was in it, it was, okay so it had um, I don't even want to say people's names yeah so I'll say somebody's first name. Oh, never mind. I know it had the cows in it. Yeah, uh -huh. uh -huh. and there was like a series of them. I was trying to think. The Given like, Tuesday video, it was like four and a half minutes long. Because the only one like I think of is the one where they made me jump off the dang. That was before Peter. Brian. That was before you. Were here. I heard you were not a fan of that operation. No, I totally. This is it. It's one done. <laughs> so one take. Now I got elected to do that. At least Travis did it with me. But dude, I I'd have done that. Listen. I'll make a fool of myself on camera. I don't care. As long as it's for a good well, cause. I don't care either. But it's just like, the lake's cold, man. <laughs> That's true. I told Mikey that I'd I dress up like a turkey and let you guys shoot me with paintballs if necessary to promote the SAP. But yeah, no, I remember the video you're talking about. Yeah, that was a good video. Yeah, I, I dug that one. I mean, you know, we had some good equipment to work on that one. We had a lot of time. and But that was a, almost a full week of just filming. You ready for a segue? Do it. Ready. Speaking of good equipment and videography... We have a sponsor, Backcountry and Beyond, who is, you like that? I got your yeah. sponsor right now. Who uh, is here in Salisbury, North Carolina, right off of 85, on Ennis Street, uh, right off of Ennis Street. I mean, it's like at the intersection of Ennis Street and I-85. You can go there yeah. and get some pretty sweet gear that if you're trying to be like Cody and make some homemade films, the technology has in, just improved. Yeah, you won't be having to dub, dub tapes together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That would be the GoPro, mm -hmm. and again, I don't own one, um, but I did, my buddy owns one, and we filmed some stuff out in Montana, 
with it, fishing, which turned out awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it's super, even me, who had no experience with it, could film with it and pick it up pretty quick. You're going to know more about it than I than I do. Yeah, they're, so they're up to the GoPro 8 right now. There's the model that currently on that's currently offered at Backcountry Beyond. And that is, so the 7 had a, a really good internal stabilization. The 8 has even better internal stabilization. So the zero shake capabilities they have. I that's mean, pretty crazy. You can, you can hold it, um, film what you want. It, it, it's it's going to be basically, the footage is going to come out smooth. It's not going to be real jittery being handheld. Uh, they also have waterproof housing around the body itself. So, like, you can take a GoPro straight out of the box and stick it under the water up to 35 feet, and it's good to go. No way. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. I didn't anymore. know that. Yeah, that's, I just learned it today. It's yeah. crazy. Take that trout fishing and stick it under the water. Yeah, that's what you need. If you're going to get one, you need that one. Heck, yeah. I went, to, uh, I went scuba diving one time and took a GoPro with my buddies. That's cool. And we had to get a casing for it. That was like, I'm sure that was, you know, eight years ago or yeah. something. Um, and it had a red lens over the top of it on that case because underwater the colors don't pop, everything's yeah. saturated. Um, but I didn't know that, I didn't know that they come out of the box waterproof now. And that's pretty slick. That stressed me out pretty big time when we were going underwater yeah. with that case because it's just a know. piece of plastic. Yeah. You know? But I thought that was pretty neat. I actually talked to Jeff yesterday. He was telling me about those things. But apparently they're, they're doing well as far as uh, sales goes over there with uh, the GoPros. So I'd like to pick one up. Yeah. The store is open to go inside now. So if you want to go in and browse, you can. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to go in and browse, you don't have to because they'll bring it out to your car. Um, I still think that you should go preview their entire line of quiet cats. And be like, I really would rather not come in the store. Speaking <laughs> of videography, the ads for GoPro are just downright badass. Yeah, they're cool, man. It's like somebody riding a mountain bike off a the snow, fifty the foot snowboarding cliff. fifty foot cliff, know, and it's man. like stable as heck. Oh man, they're so cool. That's instant palm sweat for me, though. Man. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> all those ridges and cliffs and things. What sold me on GoPro was when I saw my first squirrel suit video. With the guy that holds the world record oh, yeah. for the flying suit, jumps off that cliff and goes through that hole in the wall. Man. Ugh. I was like, man. <laughs> GoPro and a squirrel suit is all I need to <laughs> commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Oh. What else we got on our list? So Backcountry and beyond. Go check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hit a little bit. We got a couple of minutes. Yeah. A couple of minutes. Talk briefly on county chapters, and we know we're at kind of a hold up now on county chapters. But talk about your county chapters, yep. where they're at, and how people can get involved, and when to expect something. Yeah, so obviously we've got uh, a pause going on, as most people do, but we're looking to ramp them back up here in the next few months. Explain uh, what that is. The county chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So the county chapters are basically a way of us making many pockets of land trust uh, organization throughout the chat the counties that we're involved in so for example each county that I'm overseeing not necessarily each county because some of them are combined but there is representation in every county that's within our footprint uh, via a chapter the chapter is basically a group of folks that meet uh, once a month as the as the ratio been holding uh, up until you know March uh, once a month to talk about service projects, talk about events, to kind of engage with the community. And what's, you know, this is kind of a new um, venture. We've had 
established chapters before, but as far as having chapters that are representative of every county in our footprint, um, we've got, uh, it's, it's kind of new to establish those. What's really cool about them is that from my perspective as someone who's, who's semi-leading the chapters but is looking to kind of step back and just be more of a facilitator, um, the benefit is you get a lot of folks at the table with a lot of different interests that have conversations. Uh, from all walks of conservation that have you know the similar interest in protecting natural resources, engaging with nature. So you've got hikers, bikers, fishermen, sportsmen, um, farmers, folks from different organizations that, that come to our chapter meetings to uh, to kind of get a better feel for what we're doing in the region. Mm -hmm. And they're all coming to the same table having conversations, which is really cool. There's uh, when I was doing it and just getting a few started, like the Rowan one here or whatever, it was pretty low-key in terms of, like, the group would meet and then be like, what do we want to do? What kind of event do we want? We want to do a paddle? Okay, let's do it. Is it still kind of how it is, or is it? Essentially, yeah, we're, but we're looking to get a little bit more formal with the planning. So every year we want to have one big event that's a paid event um, that, that's a kind of a, a membership builder for the land trust. and. That looks like, and that could look like anything. That could look like a mini river dance, or that could look like a pig picking, or something like yeah, that. But sure. it's something that's bigger to bring in folks from the community to help new folks, new folks, yeah, to uh -huh. uh, to kind of let them know what we do and and, and build membership and things like that for sure. land trust itself. Uh -huh. And then the other kind of goal requirement is an event that is more of a service project. So it could be okay. a river cleanup, um, it could be a, a trail maintenance day. Sure. And so that's just a way of folks to kind of re-engage with, um, kind of turn the resources back outward. And Get back within their own little community. Yeah, exactly. Their own county. Re-engage with the yeah. county. Yeah. Um, and we've got a lot of good feedback. I mean, mostly we're looking to, to do some service projects off the jump just because that's a lot easier. It's less planning and it's just a, a way for folks to kind of, like I said, re-engage. Get outside. Get outside. Yeah. And... And we've had a lot of good feedback from it. Uh, we, we did prior to kind of pausing, but now that we're getting back into it, people are talking about some low-key stuff, some some paddles and things, just so the chapters themselves and the chapter members uh, can kind of get back up with one another, catch up, and, and see each other again, uh, which is really uh, it's in, it's encouraging to see that there's so much uh, kind of desire to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I remember we did a, we did a paddle on the stretch of the Yakin, and... This is a pretty outdoorsy group that came, and then the cool thing about it was the chapter members came and then brought some of their buddies, and so it was new people that didn't really know about the land trust, and we got to just paddle and talk about the land trust, but like one or two of the 17 or 18 people that were on that trip had done that stretch of river before, you know, so it's, it's an opportunity to see new places that you didn't necessarily know about that are right in your own backyard and get outside and learn a little bit more about your own neck of the woods. Um, and you're always looking for new people to get in, get involved in those, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so we've got, right now we've got a Yadkin chapter, which covers Davie and Davidson. We've got the Uwari chapter, which covers Stanley and Montgomery County. And we've got uh, a Cabarrus chapter. We're working on the Iredale chapter. But if you have any interest in getting involved, uh, give me a shout. Uh, Ro you have Rowan. And Rowan. You have Richmond Anson, right? Richmond Anson? That's not in your territory. That's, that's not mine, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, Ellie also is working on establishing uh -huh. chapters in the uh, eastern part uh -huh. of our territory. Okay. But if y'all, or, you know, contact either one of us if you have any interest in getting involved in a county chapter and you're within the region. Uh, give me a shout. Love to plug you in. We've got a lot of cool people. It's a Every chapter has a little bit different vibe to it, which is kind of neat. Uh, it's kind of representative of the county, and uh, a lot of people are, are 
very much so members of the community they're very plugged into the community and care a lot about it and so we get the opportunity to kind of learn more about the community um, yeah. and have kind of fingers out there to, to discover needs in the area that we can kind of work as at the land trust. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that was the big thing. It's like you, we have a staff of 10, and we've got 15 counties that we cover. So, you know, how are we going to know about local projects that need our attention that should or places that should be conserved if we're not plugged into the community? So it's a kind of a two-way give and take where we all work together. Hopefully the land trust can and raise some funds for what we do, but then we can also learn from community members who are engaged in their own area about stuff that maybe we weren't aware of because we can't. Yeah, we that's can't, how you found out where the needs are. We can't know everything, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's why we do it in the first place is to get to know about, you know, from local people about local issues and about local conservation projects. So um, if, you know, if that sounds like something you're interested in from either side, if you've, you know, got a piece that you want to speak with us, with Brian and make us aware of come to one if you just like to get outside and want to learn about meet like-minded people and do fun events outside go just go join one and do something fun I mean it's you know it's kind of for everybody I think I'm excited now that I've bought my house in Rowan County I'm going to come to the Rowan chapter just as a guy yeah man that'd be awesome me too yeah, you too, buddy. <laughs> I'm in it. Everybody's in Rowan now. Right? Everybody in that chapter is my friend. There you go. I've been to a play with people in that Yes, chapter. you have. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about is field fair. Man, we may have to save field fair for another day. Because right. I'm going to be honest. There's a little boy <laughs> that's waiting on me to go get him. How long is your typical uh, episode? About an hour. All right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty much on par. Right. Um we uh, we appreciate having you in here, though. It's been fun. I think I think I think it's pretty educational about the things coming up. So just to summarize here at the end, because we covered a bunch there. Golf tournament. Yep. You know, it's a virtual golf tournament. Ryan explained what that was, how it works. I still don't get it, but it's there. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. Yep. And you should too. So, how do people find out about it? How do... it'll be posted on our website. We also have been blasting that on Facebook. Um, if, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me um, or Ellie about it. But it'll be promoted. Like I said, once we got all the infrastructure in place, it'll be promoted a lot more heavily. Uh, and we'll have tee times up. We'll have course availability, and you can go register on on the website. I'm not sure if y'all are Facebook folks or not. But that's a good place to go see news from us and go see Brian's videos. Um, you can go see all that stuff on that. Or you can go to our website. Our website has a lot of that material. And then we even have a YouTube channel, we which do. actually got some pretty sweet stuff on there. Yeah, y'all, dude, go check out the YouTube channel. Go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's probably channel. some terrible stuff on there, too. <laughs> yeah. Some videos that I made, if you want to go like watch some of like... Uh, Sam's looking at me because I'm grinning. Nah, yeah, nah. some of my old videos are probably There's on there, too. There's some stuff pre- you, that predates us <laughs> is on there. That's just, I did a deep dive the other day. And there there's some, some good stuff, yeah. and then there's some stuff that's... It's more intellectual than entertaining. I, I'm kind of interested in going and watching one of mine on the channel. And then comparing it to Brian's new stuff. There's all kinds of stuff on the YouTube channel. Man, I, you can spend a whole day 
I think we need to trim the fat and go in there and cut out some of that old stuff. I actually broke it up into different some different playlists, and so there's like an educational playlist and things like that. So you can yeah, I saw hey, you did that. No kidding, and I like that. Yeah. I saw that you did that. That, that that's good. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah. I'll go check it out. Yeah, if you sweet. Just scroll through. I'm on YouTube. Damn, like we should plug that earlier. That's good to know. Yeah, go to, yeah go to YouTube, and also we've got um, a new series that we're kind of working on, the TRL TV. Which is basically just people in the land trust out and about in the field. Um, that's a way we try to keep engaged, especially with the, all of the community, since the uh, since we've been out of office. Everybody's mm-hmm. been kind of at home, um, just showing the work we've not doing out in the field and like real quick minute minute and a half bumps of you know, Crystal paddling on Bear Creek or me out in the URES or Ellie doing some monitoring things like that. So those are neat little videos, and that's another little series on our YouTube page. I need to go catch up on all those. Yep, yeah, I like some YouTube. I used to like to dedicate some time here in the office to <laughs> watching YouTube. Too much to do these days. <laughs> I don't have time anymore. <laughs> and I can't because Sam's in here watching over my shoulder. But, no. Anyways, man, that was good. Go check uh, check all that stuff out. Check out Backcountry and Beyond. And we'll hit oh, you up. Oh, Brian, hit them with your email real quick. So if they want to reach out about a chapter or something. And your yeah. personal phone number. And my personal <laughs> cell phone. How many countries do you say this which is against we're in, we're, in, we're in seven countries on the reg. I might keep that one in my, my pocket then. Um, Australia, look out. Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, um, get some more information on anything we talked about here, county chapters. Um, if you have any ideas for, for videos and content you'd like to see on our social media pages, uh, give me a shout. Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at threeriverslandtrust.org. Brian, are you single? I sure am. We're stretching this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, you, no, you brought it up. So ladies, now we got, with, I mean, you're looking uh, for. Are you ready for the hard sale? You're looking for a red beard outdoorsman. Yeah. A man who's capable with a camera. You, you, and capable with a with a with a, with a, with a <laughs> cooking dinner. There, that's true. Capable yeah. cooking dinner. I've had Brian's cooking. So not only snaps. can he cook, but he can film it. That's true. And keep you entertained, and he's well-dressed, like I said. Thank you. Uh, got a place to live and a, and a, and gain, <laughs> a place to live? And gainful employment. A roof over his head and, and a job. And gainful employment and, and a vehicle to drive. So That's right. I don't really a know what else. Roof. As a female, what else are you looking for? You already got his email address. So so you got his email. Um, we're just putting that out there, and we'll keep you posted on <laughs> the availability of that merchandise as it goes up for sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Y'all are, y'all are uh, doing more for my right. life than CQS out. If you're like us, you're riding down the road listening to the podcast on your commute. When you get to where you're going, don't forget. Like us on Facebook. Check us out at our website, threeriverslandtrust.org. There you can find out about all the events we're putting on, all the conservation work we're doing, how you can get involved, and how you can help. We'd love to meet like-minded individuals and get you involved in conservation. Till next time. Thank <laughs> you.